Drums, please. Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is all about personal empowerment and helping you unlock your potential. Today on the show, I want to talk about combining systems for personal growth. And now this is not going to be about literally combining systems, though I'm going to kind of talk about some systems and examples a little bit of how we can combine systems, or at least the ways that I've done it in some ways. But it's really more about how. It's like how we can start to pick out the specific pieces, especially as INTPs, which are mostly the people that are on my channel. We use extroverted intuition, which is about pattern recognition and picking out the highlights of sensory experiences. When you hear like weird noises, like we call them, Molly and I call them blurps, but like when you say the word like babe, babe, boom, ah, like you just do weird things and like it highlights things and makes them stand out. See someone like Peter McKinnon on YouTube and he's always like making sound effects and doing like the and like the hat stuff. Like that's all extroverted intuition. That's like highlighting your sensory experience, making it weird and interesting. It's like, um, I do that with my hand signals all the time. It's like um, it's uh, it's like Clementine in um, what's the movie? The uh, uh, Spotless Mind movie. Um, <laughs> the uh, yes, I, you know what I'm talking about. But she's you know, and and Garden State, like both are ENFP female characters that are like I'm doing a unique thing in this unique weird spot, right? Like that's very extroverted intuition. So that's one of the ways that we learn as INTPs. That's really the main way that we learn as INTPs is taking the highlights of experiences and combining them. So when I'm learning something new or I'm trying to learn something new, I don't just go to one article and then accept that as fact and truth. That's not how that you know works as an INTP to get the full experience. You need to you know, study a couple of different reviews or look at a couple of different articles or watch a couple of different YouTube videos, and you're extrapolating the little pieces of what makes sense and what the pattern is between those things to highlight, to, to pick up the highlights of what is the most interesting or the most useful or the most helpful to you. So when we're talking about multiple type systems, I'm talking, you know, in my world, I'm referencing Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, uh, chakras, spiral dynamics, um, and objective personality. We'll start with those. There's other things in life. There's other systems um, and other little four quadrant models. And there's so much. Um, personality Hacker uses their car model with Myers-Briggs, which I find incredibly helpful to think about your cognitive functions as a four passenger car. And at the front seat of the car is your driver and co-pilot. And then in the back seat, there is the 10-year-old and 3-year-old, which emphasizes the, uh, the, not the maturity, but kind of the capability of your cognitive functions. So you have your driver, you have your co-pilot, you have your tertiary and your inferior. And if you think about your inferior function as your 3-year-old, you kind of think about and can create metaphors around how that inferior function creates an aspiration for the rest of the family. Like if the three-year-old's in the backseat crying or playing, like everybody's attention turns towards the kid and everyone's attention is towards making sure that kid doesn't 
accidentally walk off a cliff, <laughs> you know? So everyone in the family in the car, in the cognitive function car, is taking care of that three-year-old. And then how the 10-year-old might be, might have some jealousy issues or have a, a sense of humor or have a, um, a sense of, of eagle, ego, eagle, ego fragility a little bit, right? So it's, those are some of the things you can start to think about using this particular brand of model in Myers-Briggs. And, you know, Myers-Briggs was an extrapolation of personality archetypes from Carl Jung, you know, playing with cognitive functions. And now you start to take that and look at something like objective personality that is starting to play with masculine and feminine functions. They're starting to play with um, labeling some things that I know and use in my personality profiling around um, the animals and modalities and stuff like that. Like when it comes to play or blast, you know, basically it's like combining functions. It's the idea of, you know, I'm using my TI and my NE and my kind of a genius state. Or when I'm doing these videos, I'm blasting, but I'm also playing at times as well because I'm using my NE to kind of go with things. So kind of interchanging between functions really starting to combine some of these elements and think about what sticks out to you allows for you to really, first of all, know where you are and know what sticks out to you. It's kind of like going to a library and you stand in front of a wall of books and you have no idea what it is that you want, but you just kind of browse through and then something sticks out to you. Something just, I don't know, for some reason it's like the color of the book or the title or the size of the book or the placement, I don't know, something sticks out to you and you pluck that book out of the shelf. And then there's another one and then another one. And it's not that you need to wholesale buy into the philosophy of the book, but there are maybe three things within those that all stick out as something you can take with you to go forward. You know, you're kind of uncovering what you're unconsciously interested in by allowing yourself to be attracted to what your NE wants to learn, what your extroverted intuition wants you to learn. So it's like, for me, I, I read a book to not literally absorb every single word, but usually throughout the reading of the book, I notice patterns in the way that the author speaks, the concepts that they're, the concepts that they're sharing, uh, and the just, yeah, just looking through the patterns of what it is that the experience brings to the table. So when I'm looking at multiple type systems, when I'm looking at Enneagram, when I'm looking at chakras, when I'm looking, chakras are not really a type system, but if I look at Enneagram and Myers-Briggs and objective personality, I can think about, actually, no, let's, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a little bit of a personal story. So through the last few years, I've been doing deliberate SI work. I've been trying to simplify but not cheapen things. I've been trying to go into my past and look for personal experiences to be able to pluck out, you know, what are the interesting details of that, try to make the connection through lines of my life. And there was some stuff I was stuck on. I was trying to figure out my Enneagram type. I was trying to figure out what I was fixated on. And I was trying to figure out, um, you know, what to focus on next. And so I, I knew my Myers-Briggs type, I knew cognitive functions, and I knew what SI development was starting to look like for me. Um, I was just kind of slowing down a lot. I was looking at my past a lot. I was reviewing and redefining 
my perspective on my own past. And then I looked at the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram 5 sexual subtype. And being an Enneagram 5 is, is more so about also boundary setting and somewhat of a sense of safety in the same way that SI is. So I felt like I needed another point of reference. So I looked at chakras, even though chakras are not something you would scientifically, quote unquote, validate. It's something that is a part of the human experience. It's a spiritual essence. It's something you can at least look at to use as a reference point in the same way that you might look at a tarot card and not, it's not that you're going to believe that the tarot card or the fortune cookie or something like that is telling you your future. It's more so about what reaction you get from this description. So I was reading the descriptions of the chakras and there's the root chakra, sacral chakra, um, solar plexus, heart, throat, um, the, I forget, third eye and crown, I forget, I forget what the ones are, they actually are, but the root chakra and the solar plexus chakra stuck out to me as the root chakra needing to get in touch with my past and my roots and my sense of security and my sense of grounding. And the sacral chakra, not the sacral chakra, the solar plexus chakra is more about personal power and expressing yourself, which to me related to the experience of Enneagram 5 going to Enneagram 8 for growth, to go back into my past, look at the places where I couldn't be direct, where I couldn't learn about, um, where, where I couldn't, I, I couldn't get what I wanted through direct means. So I had to hold up. I had to be quiet. I had to just kind of take my lumps. And through this chakra understanding and comparing that to both the relationship between SI and NE, the relationship between Enneagram 5 and Enneagram 8, and then the relationship between the root chakra and the solar plexus chakra, I was able to see that it's all the same. It's saying the same thing that I'm needing to find my footing. I'm needing to uh, search into my history to find the places in which I didn't have a personal sense of power and reclaim that power now to be able to go forward. So it's an opportunity or that's a pretty good example of what's been most helpful for me in looking at how to combine different systems. So spiral dynamics is another system that I find to be so incredibly powerful, especially if you're kind of a, trying to start your own business or you're, you're an entrepreneur type and you're starting to learn a little bit of your place in the world in comparison to society and starting to learn how humans develop through the spiral. So I've done episodes, I've done a podcast episode explaining spiral dynamics. So I'm not going to do that here. I will either link it up here or in the comments um, or just search on my channel for spiral dynamics and you'll find it is spiral dynamics is basically about, you know, going upward through a spiral, a dynamic spiral, going back and forth through even and odd numbers of uh, development. The odd numbers are more individual, the even numbers are more collective. And it's our individual relationship to the collective that's going back and forth. So usually, for example, when you're in Graves 3, red, it's more of the quote-unquote warlord phase, and you're being a little bit more um, abrasive. You're like taking what you want. It's like teenagers just going and causing chaos. Uh, you know, and it's really just like expression at all costs. 
And then grace four is, you know, that transition from someone being a, a teenager or like a biker or formerly like a gang leader or something like that. And going into either like, you know, newfound religion or you've got a job and you've kind of assimilated into society and you've got a newfound, uh, you know, access into society. In a lot of ways, three is finding your place in the hierarchy of people within, you know, that structure so that you know where to place yourself in the four blue society of spiral dynamics. And then from four blue, you end up individualizing again, taking all of the skills that you develop through four, through uh, impersonal learning how to develop a sense of perfection, basically, and taking those skills and going into your own entrepreneurial um, resource collecting, um, you know, media expressing sort of place. I'm in five orange and learning that for me has helped me. It helped me in that research that I was doing to understand my own personal past. So I, I kind of mapped out like, okay, I was in three between this age and this age and I was doing this and, and even thinking about my mental health, like my mental health manifested, my mental illness manifested a certain way when I was in three versus when I was in four versus when I was in five. And again, all of that was work that I was doing towards understanding my past and how that related to today. And then understanding how I can go forward and how I can start to understand society as a whole. Spiral dynamics is incredibly powerful for understanding society as a whole. Religion, politics, healthy versions of politics versus healthy versions of uh, religion uh, versus unhealthy versions of each of those. And um, then how, what it actually takes to eventually grow and do good work in society by collecting resources and eventually finding a community in six that does good work for the world and expands your territory. So in a lot of ways, spiral dynamics starts from, you know, the single point of beige, which is one, and you start to spiral upward. And as you spiral upward, your worldview expands, right? Your, your awareness of, of the world, of, of what you want, of what you're, you're, you know, what you care about expands. And when you get up to six, you know, it expands to more of a global perspective, global community perspective. And um, so really understanding, you know, where you are in that can help you figure out what's worth focusing on in these type systems. Once you get past six, you're probably not watching this video. <laughs> you're probably, um, you know, not as interested in personality types. But personality types is really helpful for the transition from four to five. Because when you're finding your place in, you found your place in society, now you need to find your individuality again, going from four to five. And a lot of people find their individuality through personality type systems, whether that's Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or objective personality finding these, these ways for you to understand like, okay, I think I'm this plus this plus this, but also at, at the same token, it's more about, it's about collecting these tools, right? It's about looking at these things, not as doctrines, not as religions, not as like a defense of objective personality or defense of Myers-Briggs or defense of Enneagram, but you know, keeping yourself in pattern recognition and looking at them as tools kind of keeps you from looking at them that way. 
And if you need that for a little while, that's fine. Like it's not, you know, sometimes it's like um, a healthy version of four blue is like the Sega versus Nintendo battle, right? It's like it's my team versus your team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having that, um, that sort of us versus them in a healthy way is okay. That's like part of the human development aspect of things. But when it comes to type systems and tool sets, that's not going to help you as much. You're, you know, if you're trying to grow and understand your individuality as a person beyond being an INTP, ISTP, ENFP, etc., it's, it's about understanding bits and pieces of like, okay, I'm an INTP, so this kind of means this. I'm a five wing four six, whatever that means this. I'm a, you know, I, I identify with the root chakra and solar plexus chakra, and I'm a spiral dynamics five. Um, and all of these, but, and, you know, an objective personality, I'm like double female, double male demon, whatever. Like at some point it gets a little ridiculous and you have to start embodying things, right? Like you look at all these letters and numbers and it looks like a barcode. Like <laughs> they just got to scan you in. You are, this is you, you're, this is your personality. This is who you are. Beep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more complex than that. And at some point you start to move past the narrow science of it all. You start to move past, and what I mean by narrow science is like everything that's seeable, um, rational, two plus two-ish, all of that stuff. And now I, I know that's going to be hard for a lot of people. Like science is also considered a doctrine for a lot of people, right? Like I see a lot of signs on lawns. It's, I mean, this is going to be a political thing, but there's a lot of signs on lawns that say, like, we believe in science. It's like, science just is science. You don't believe or not believe in science. It just is. Uh, so it's kind of funny how that works. Um, that's an example of a four blue thing, of taking science and making it a four blue doctrine. But rational scientific thinking, which is also part of Graves 5, is, is, is about integrating and enveloping your own development at each level of this spiral. So what I mean and what I'm trying to say is that each system you start to learn and connect and each time you develop in each of those systems, you know, taking a horizontal model like Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, which have vertical elements to them, but they're mostly horizontal models to calibrate. You're taking these models and of taking them with you as you evolve up the spiral or forward in your personal development. And... As, you know, a lot of people get stuck in the rational part of it all, right? And as an INTP, I want to encourage you that rational numbers and letters are not the only way to think about the world, you know? And that's really what I mean by narrow science, that it's not just like, well, if we can't prove it or we can't scan someone's brain, then it's not real. And that's not quite it either. Just because we can't prove it yet doesn't mean that it's not something that isn't value, valid to explore, that's why I talk about chakras, tarot cards, astrology. Like a lot of people have used these things over centuries to understand people, personalities, ideas, concepts through literature, through characters, through developing and writing and sharing stories. Just because we have scientific tools now doesn't mean that people in the past were not capable of understanding things in their own way. Like we're understanding all of the same things just in different using different tool sets, right? So like 
objective personality, which I think is, is wonderful. I think it's really great to be able to take what we've been learning about personality type and put these labels on them and have the, the data to point to and, and all of that stuff is one method of understanding. Cause this is all stuff that I look at it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. I combine personality, uh, uh, cognitive functions that create a modality of a person. Like they call them animals, but it creates this mode of a person that, um, you know, people present in different ways, like an ESFJ presenting in an extroverted fashion is going to be, you know, what they call play, but it's, it's, you see it differently than you'll see an ESFJ who is doing more FESI stuff. So I've, I've inherently kind of developed and learned and understand that through personal experience, but neuroscience, what I'm talking about, I'm not saying objective personality is just doing neuroscience. They're doing really great work, but just looking at something from neuroscience dismisses and ignores that we can also learn things from experience and consensus and experience often includes what we experience esoterically in our mind. Or, you know, it doesn't mean that, for example, with ghost hunters and stuff like that, uh, just because we haven't found the exact tools to figure out the anomalies of what's happening doesn't mean none of that is real. There's, there could be an element of that that's actually real. We just don't know that yet. I'm not saying it's a belief or not a belief. It's just a matter of, of looking at things from different perspectives as you kind of grow and develop and change. Just because we talk about the concepts of soul and spirit in a belief way, in a religious kind of way, doesn't mean that they don't actually exist in some shape or form. Maybe not in the ways that we've created narratives around, but it doesn't mean they don't exist. It doesn't mean personality doesn't exist if we don't have ways to exactly measure what's popping up in our brain or that it's not as easy to explain as one full quadrant of our brain lighting up, right? It's not that simple. So the idea that I'm really trying to share here is that neuroscience is just one way to look at the world. And it's okay to look at that world that way for a while, for a long time. But after a little, you know, certain amount of time, we're going to start looking at things in a little bit more of an open-minded kind of way. It's not about fully embracing and accepting that into your identity, but looking at it as like a possibility and saying like, oh, that's interesting. Let me put this over here. I'll, I'll take that into account, but let me look at some other stuff first. And for me, it's not as if I buy into chakras wholesale. I don't think about chakras as a belief system or something that quote unquote is in terms of the measurable external world. But if I can think about my solar plexus chakra and feel this sense of wanting to you know, embrace my own personal power, there's a realness to that. Even if it's not quote unquote real, it's real to me in the moments that I need it to be real. So that's like the tricky aspect of starting to learn and combine things. Because if I didn't go to chakras, I would have been missing a big piece of understanding that I needed a sense of grounding, I would have kept second guessing myself, you know? So when a lot of INTPs are trying to figure out their personality type, the challenge is that you're trying to figure it out in a TISI kind of way. You're trying to find the one piece of material that's going to tell you definitively that you're an INTP. But really what we need to do is triangulate our personality type through 
you know, take an online test, descriptions, other personal experiences, and then getting an outside perspective. Ooh, excuse me. So like I said, it's like, it's measurable science. It's uh, consensus and experience. Those really those three things and looking at those three things that way uh, uh, in, in triangulating and trying to figure something out is really the patterns that you're trying to figure out, right? So I took something that I knew about myself being an INTP, something that I experienced for a very long time being an INTP, something that I was that I was learning and trying to grasp around Enneagram and using experiential and consensus-based data of people who have done this for a long time, working with, um, you know, reading Beatrice Chestnut's book and getting to like meet her and talk to her a little bit. And then uh, taking the idea of chakras, which is a little bit more esoteric, but still in the world of, of something that has been helpful to people. Combining those things helped me to come up to something that's real for me. And that's really what I'm encouraging is taking a couple of different things, triangulating what you're trying to figure out through these patterns, through searching, whether that's combining systems or, you know, combining ideas in different books or whatever have you, you're, that's what you're doing ultimately is you're triangulating. So that's why I offer personality profiling sessions because I know a lot of you are stuck on trying to figure out what your personality type is. I do Myers-Briggs profiling sessions. I can talk about Enneagram a little bit, but I don't do that as much right now. Um, probably we'll do a little bit more as we go forward. But if you're trying to figure things out, like Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, stuff like that, if you're trying to do, let's, let's say this, if you're trying to figure out your personality type and you've been waffling and you're not sure and you want a sense of certainty, get that third piece of hiring me as a profiler to help you do that. Because then you can stop guessing, you can create a milestone for yourself and go forward, which is incredibly important for the ability to, for you to go forward and, um, you know, start to explore new things because otherwise you're just SI going in circles and waffling and trying to just like figure things out based on the same information. After a while, like you can't turn the cube around any differently. You've hit all the sides. Now you just need a different cube. You gotta go look at a different thing. And I can be that cube. <laughs> so I can provide some of that um, unconscious part of it. Because there's things about yourself that you won't see. And um, as much as that's weird to accept as an INTP, that's very true. Um, or if you're another personality type or you have some friends that need a little bit of help, you can send them my way as well. And I'm happy to help with personality profiling. Now, if you want some more complex stuff, if you're trying to make connection points between spiral dynamics, Enneagram, chakras, objective personality, Myers-Briggs, swat, 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 you're likely going to need some more coaching. And if you want to get involved in coaching with me, there's links below as well. So doing more of the one-on-one -on -one coaching stuff, that is something that will allow us to really deeply explore some of those connection points, especially if like, you know, you're connecting a lot of the same things that I am, or if you have another system that you're playing with and you want to see how this all connects, because there's a lot of systems out there, a lot of different ways of thinking of things. And ultimately you're trying to figure out who you are, right? You're not trying to just figure out a barcode of letters and numbers of like INTP, five wing, four, six, blah, 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 like eight, seven, two, tri type, blah, blah, blah. 
I don't subscribe to tri-type. I don't think it's helpful. And the I, we use two wings to fly, so I subscribe to both wings <laughs> for the Enneagram. Um, you know, so like doing these things where I see people's profiles, where it's like basically a barcode, that's not what I want for you. I want you to be able to extrapolate and envelop with your growth, really understand and squeeze the juice out of these experiences so that you can actually, you know, go forward and do some growth that isn't hyper attached to these labels. It's about looking at the connection points between these labels and then figure out how to concentrate that into a Kamehameha of fantasticness and go forward and be the best rad person that you could be with whatever it is that you want to do. So coaching below, ask me questions. This is really a first example of some of the more complex stuff that I'm going to kind of talk about. I'm sure there are questions and you can ask me specific questions about, you know, connecting certain elements of um, personality types because an INTP, you know, Enneagram six is going to look different than an Enneagram one. That's going to be different than someone who identifies with the heart chakra versus someone who identifies with, you know, being a three, four or five in spiral dynamics. So when I talk about INTPs being complex and different and individual, it's just, it's a combination of all of these things. So that's really what I'm talking about. I'm running out of time. I'm a timer. So I'm going to wrap this up. I appreciate you. If you go down to dopamine.life, you can find, uh, you can sign up for a profiling session there for coaching. We've got articles, we've got podcasts, all sorts of things for you to feast your eyes and ears on. Really enjoy. And questions below. We've got community options down below as well. Join our email list. And um, yeah, that's it. So audibletrial.com if you want to get a free eel, ebook, eel book, an eel book. I don't know if eels, do, anyway, uh, free ebook down below, audibletrial.com slash dopamine. Pick up your free book. I like The Martian. It's a favorite of mine. And uh, that's it. So take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. Join me, 48 Hours Correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. 
Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. Hi, my name is Michael. I just had a profiling session with CNote and I really loved it. Uh, I actually have been struggling for a long time, hesitating between INTP and INFP. So getting an expert point of view from outside was critical for me. Uh, I really felt in good hands. Uh, I was able to get rid of any doubts I had. I was able to ask any questions and that was really a game changer for me. Uh, overall, I'm really happy with how the session was set up and very happy with the results as well. So I highly recommend working with him um, and I want to, to thank him again. It was totally worth it. Sign up for your own one-on-one -on -one personality profiling session at dopamine.life slash profiling session today. This has been a C-Note Media Production.